0: you're listening to data plus love i'm your host zach bowders and this week in lieu of a guest i'm doing a solo edition of the podcast this isn't the first one of these and if it's not your cup of tea i don't blame you but from the very beginning i've always intended to try experimenting with multiple formats on the podcast channel so doing one of these periodically as sort of a way to clear the air creatively for myself and sort of put some ideas out there that I've been thinking about as well as just reflect on what's been going on. So uh, I'll have you know that it was this week last year when I first conceived of the Data Plus Love podcast. It was the last day of the Tableau conference and I was heading back home. I didn't get home until about 2 a.m. We had a late flight in the afternoon, but I was thinking about What can I do to sort of extend some of the great conversations and sort of jovial feelings that you have at the conference throughout the year? And as I thought about it and I thought about my passions, which I listen to a lot of audio as I work and do chores and play and everything else, I thought a podcast would be an excellent format for this. Not that I'm the first data podcast or the first Tableau data podcast for that matter, but that I might have a unique perspective in the sense that, rather than doing a more formatted podcast uh, with segments or pre-planned questions, I'd really put myself out there and uh, listen and just talk like you would if we had met uh, at the airport. So uh, I started researching how I would create a podcast. How do you get it in the aggregators? How do you actually record it? And then how do you edit it? And I spent about a month to six weeks doing that, I listened to hundreds of sample tracks, uh, to get just the right bumper music that I wanted, which is uh, we are legends by Alex Stoner, courtesy of take tones, check out take tones, by the way, if you need, uh, some open source music that you can use for your projects. Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time upfront really researching how to do it. And one of the things I did was I put myself on a schedule when I knew I was going to commit to doing the podcast. So, I wanted to have a schedule for multiple reasons, and one of those was that I knew I'd be locking myself into doing it. If I didn't actually schedule it, it'd be very easy to put off doing it, and then if I put off doing it, it's very easy to just not do it at all. The alternative is if my schedule was way too aggressive, like if I committed to a weekly podcast up front, you start missing them, and then pretty soon you burn out because you have missed too many. And you don't really like, you know, the feeling of a failure in your mouth. So I chose a every other week. Is that biweekly? Biweekly can mean two things, right? So I chose an every other week format because I knew that that would be enough of a fit that I wouldn't always feel like I was under the gun to crank out a new episode. And it's worked out really well. I haven't missed an episode throughout the entire year so far. And at this point, I have done 24 podcasts of Data Plus Love with 22 guests There was an intro episode as well as another solo episode. This will be my 25th episode. And I've also expanded the channel. So uh, Mark Bradbourne, as you know, is massive in the Tableau Data Fam and does the Data Fam News, which he originally began as a YouTube show. And I was talking with him about it because, you know, there are some limitations to doing video in terms of you're committing to a lot more editing. You're having to make it look nice and all that. And, uh, it was a lot of work. I originally talked with Emily Kuhn when I was first talking about doing a podcast and she pitched me the idea of video. And I thought about it and I was like, it's so much effort. I don't think I would ever do it. And as I was talking with Mark and he was sort of, you know, looking to sort of revitalize his, you know, enthusiasm for DataFam news, because honestly, it's a ton of work. Uh, and I offered him, hey, man, I'd love for you to jump on the channel over here and just put it on the Data Plus Love feed. I mean, I pay for three hours a month and I'm not using that. And um, what Mark's done has been astounding. Like, I love listening to what he's putting out there because he's providing, you know, this sort of news and commentary on the DataFam community, keeping us abreast of what's going on with major events and major releases. And honestly, it's like he's just born for it. I mean, if you've listened to him on the channel um, it's smooth. I mean, like that dude knows what he's doing. So I've just been beyond impressed. And I know I'm rambling a bit here, so bear with me. But I just want to thank everyone for every um, all the listens and all the encouragement and uh, just everything that they've uh, given towards Data Plus Love this past year. It's been a real passion project for me. Obviously, I've changed jobs this year. I've got you know a ton of visits I put out this year. And then there's like family. You know, that's a thing too. But I mean you make this something I love to do, not for praise or anything, but I love hearing that people are getting into it. And one of the things I wanted to do from the beginning, it was I didn't want to become a celebrity centric podcast. It's really easy to sort of fall into just doing data royalty because it juices the numbers real good. Um, but I'm not getting paid for this. I'm I'm not advertising on here. I'm doing this for the love of the game. And one of the things I wanted to do was get to know some of my friends better and make new friends and elevate some of the voices of people that I don't necessarily see being elevated as much. So while you might have some Kevin Fleurledges in the mix, I also wanted to have some people that everyone might not know sometimes. And I think that's just really awesome to have the platform to be able to do that. So thank you for affording me that DataFam. And while I'm thanking the DataFam, I also want to bring up some other awesome things that have been going on in recent history, and I'm sure Mark is talking about them too on his feed right now. But uh, in this past week, Adam Miko and Priya Padam put out the DataFam blog post, which was a blog post written by all of you. 30,000 words from 128 authors in 21 countries and six continents, way bigger than last year's. I submitted, I know a ton of other people did, and it's a long read, I'm not going to lie. But if you commit to it, even if you have to break it up into a lot of chunks, it's just just a really edifying experience because you're getting to see the different perspectives from all sorts of people, both that you might be very familiar with or look up to or brand new people that you might not be familiar with at all. And just hearing about what has made a difference for them within the overall data community and who their inspirations are. And it's just this big like love fest. that's really spectacular. I appreciate all the effort that everyone put into it, both all of the writers, as well as Adam and Priya, who, you know, coalesced all of this and also beat the bushes to get us all to get out there and write our entries. And um, Adam's blog's killing it. I just love what he's doing. I love his mentorship with Priya. Amazing people. Thank you very much, guys. And also a thank you right now to Michelle Framen and Autumn Batani. Um, who are doing an end-of-the-year card exchange. So if you're on Twitter, check either of them out. Um, it's a great opportunity for people to give each other a little extra love this time of year. You know, we're all it's dark outside at four in the afternoon, it's cold. It's not the happiest time of year. Um, as we lead up to the holidays, it gets happier and then it gets worse afterwards for a lot of people. But this is not the time to sort of withdraw and get funky. It's a time to lean into more people and to have more fun and to be more supportive. So to that end, I wanted to talk about something that me and a couple of friends launched this past uh, couple of weeks as well. So a few years ago, there was a Tableau project called Data Dare, which had gone defunct a few years ago. It was really hot for a brief period. It had a cool hashtag, and it's a great name. I mean, alliteration is always fun. Um, but I was looking for a new community project that could sort of be a little bit more viral internally and be less of a commitment because most projects have sort of a timing factor to them, right? You want to have it done within the month or within the week or the day or whatever. And there's sort of a schedule. So I was talking with my friends, Judith Becker and Stephen Shoemaker, and we came up with the idea of Data Dare, which mind you, the name is not original, but maybe the take is. So the idea behind Data Dare would be that the three of us would all publicly dare each other in a circle to do a viz of some kind. So in my case, Udit dared me to make a viz that looked like it was from the 18th century. Um, and Stephen dared Udit to make a map and that sort of thing. And then once each of us completed our challenge, we would then get to challenge someone outside the circle. And then when they completed their entry, they would challenge another person. So Think of it as like a data viz chain letter. It's an ongoing project that's for fun, but there's also a challenge element because someone's going to dare you and they're probably going to pick something that might be a little bit outside your comfort zone. Because as much as we don't like to admit it with all the different community projects that we take on, we often try to steer them back to the areas that we're most comfortable with, or at least I do, if I'm being honest. Um, So I thought it'd be a fun way to get a little extra practice and a little extra reps. And honestly, it's uh, the dare factors kind of fun, just having it out there that you have to challenge uh, yourself by taking on something that might not normally uh, be within your comfort zone. So I'm enjoying seeing the entries that are coming out already. We've already had about five dares completed or is it four? Uh, It's moving along quickly and I look to see how it spreads throughout the community and just see. Uh, If people are into it, if people are not into it, that's great too. I mean, that's one of the great things about it. It's uh, all we did was make a couple of images to advertise it. We have no website. There's no aggregator, uh, none of that. It's literally just us trying to spin out new ideas because much like this podcast, sometimes there's a lot to be said about speed to market. When I first came up with the podcast, I tried to make my own logo. I realized very quickly it wasn't working. Boom, $6 on Fiverr. I have an awesome logo. I'm looking for, you know, podcast uh, editing software, and I quickly fall to audacity rather than sort of milling about going through all my options and stuff. Sometimes you just commit early and just roll with it, and if it's not working, you pivot. And in the case of this podcast, it's worked out pretty well, uh, because hopefully at least one of you is still listening at this point. But I wanted to thank a lot of my guests since my last solo episode. We've had Ann K. Emery, Stephen Shoemaker, Spencer Bakke, and Christian Felix, all of which a very exciting data to people in their own right and really um, just really fun to talk to on the podcast. It's always exciting for me when I have someone like Anna or Spencer that I don't really know and I haven't really taken the time to talk to or get to know and over the course of the podcast, we just find we're having a really fun time and uh, end up talking for quite a while after the podcast, uh, which is one of the The real big secrets about the Data Plus Love podcast, it's really just a conversation starter and not a finisher. So I hope that um, by doing this and by talking to so many different people, maybe I introduce you to some of your new favorite people or alternatively give you the courage to get out there and ask somebody hey, uh, could you take a look at my project? Or hey, I'd like to get to know you a little bit better because it's very easy when you see someone doing amazing work like Sam Parsons put out of this crazy Radial Viz for Social Good project today. It's like a radio within a radio within a radio. Like Sam is the radial king, which makes him sound like a tire guy, Um, but he's incredible at it. Like, I don't know how he does it. I don't have a scrap of that talent in me, but when I see his work, I'm always blown away. So when I see someone like Sam, it would be very easy for me to feel really intimidated by that or to look at him. It's like, I can never be Sam Parsons, but no one's asking me to be right. Like you only need to be the best version of you that you can be. So what's your passion? Like, what are you good at? And one of the things that you want to make and do like Sam's doing exactly what he wants to do and we all love him for it. And if you are getting out there and grinding away and doing the thing that you love, I guarantee people will feel the same way for you. Um, It may not be 500 people. It may be nine people, but as Mike Cisneros would quote, it's better to be nine people's favorite things than 500 people's ninth favorite thing. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. It's been a great year on Data Plus Love. It's not over yet. We've still got some more guests coming up for the new year. Uh, And then I guess we're officially into season two, right guys? Anyway, have a great night or morning or whatever time of day you're listening to this and whatever part of the world, and I'll see you next time. Hey, you're still here. Um, You're probably waiting for like the next podcast uh, to kick in. Probably something better. Um, Thanks for hanging on. Anyway, if you're picking up what we're putting down, uh, consider buying us a cup of coffee on ko-fi.com slash D-A-T-A-P-L-U-S-L-O-V-E.